This is Apartment 303. Didn't I say 304? No, 303. I wrote it down twice. Apartment 303, which I definitely heard of. Greetings, human beings, and welcome back to Apartment 303, a podcast for community fans. My name is Dave, and alongside my co-host, Dan, we are here every month to discuss all things community, each and every layer of the show, and why we love it so much. On today's episode, Dan, Adam, and I are going to be going through all of the music from our favorite show community. This year's hashtag six seasons in a bracket is going to kick off with the royalties region. But uh, before we do get into all of that really exciting and good stuff, as always, Dan, how have you been, my friend? I've been doing well, a lot more of the same, just normal auditioning things. There may be some more community things I can share maybe next time. We'll see. Lots of question marks at the end of that sentence. But no, nothing too new, too exciting. But yes, this is, uh, I'm already a little bit bitter looking at these uh, brackets and selections that you've made. So it'll be really interesting to see what we're going to do bitter, over butter, these next two episodes. Juice. Yeah, exactly. All right. And also joining us today here in Apartment 303, longtime original co-host and frequent March guest, none other than Adam himself. Adam, what have you been up to? Where have you been? Yeah, I've been floating around, ambling, moseying, general waywardness, I suppose. (laughs) And it's led me to uh, Arizona, where I am currently living and trying to avoid the winter. Not Corpus Christi. No. Carolyn Decker. That's the one. Well, we have reconvened here in yet another march to continue on our ridiculous pursuit of enjoying community and exploring it through the use of brackets. Because this time of year, that's just what you do, right? Many of you were with us from the first year where we did all the episodes season by season. And then last year, as we compared all the varying different types of relationships happening within and between the characters in the show... As I've already teased here and at the end of our last episode, this year for our bracket, we are focusing on the music from the show. And before I even start trying to defend myself, <laughs> <laughs> as we always do, uh, and as everyone does with every bracket, the very first point of discussion needs to be Bubble Snubs, right? Which song did not make the final <laughs> cut that almost certainly deserved to, you know, and even perhaps which ones made the cut that did not deserve to. So with that brief setup, uh, I will defer to our guest, Adam. Uh, this may have to be a back and forth. I'm assuming you each have more than one. But go ahead. Let's get your, your first bubble snub. Uh, let, let's go ahead and get started with that. Okay. To, uh, to quote Pierce Hawthorne, I have a prepared statement. No, that's not <laughs> no, true. Nothing off the cuff, though. <laughs> nothing off Man. the cuff. But uh, no, in, in all seriousness here, gosh, it's, it was hard to limit to 16 in the first year that we did the, had done the March Madness bracket, trimming down to eight, honestly, is just even more difficult. So I, I do want to give rare praise to the, the selection committee this year, which I've never done previously. But as I look at our first bracket, the royalties region, the only song to me that looks like you could reasonably be replaced would be the We Are Not Alone, Carla DeVito. That for me is not one that I I have to look it up every time. And for me, uh, Kiss with a Fist, uh, Florence and the Machine would be uh, an easy replacement. I love the song, love the band, love the episode, and it all just really works well together. But all of these are really good songs. All of them deserve their own bracket. And 
I'm surprised you came you came straight for the four seed with your potential uh, replacement there. You know, I, w- I was kind of guessing if you were gonna make the case for someone to be in, you might be more inclined to to take out the seven or eight seed. But I will no, agree I that think, I think I think most people don't know that by name. Yeah, that's fair. I just in in my mind, we are not alone. It won like the Atlantic Ten Conference or something, and it snuck in there. I don't know what to tell you. Well, um, I'm not sure how those schools Abed that no one would, no one knows would feel about you tossing uh, aside kids in detention uh, so casually. But I'm glad you brought that up because, uh, yeah, like I said, that was not even close to the chopping block for me. You know, funny enough, I actually would agree. And only because you hear that particular title and you're like, oh, I know exactly what that song is. But I think most people who watch the show and who have seen The Breakfast Club would be like, oh, that's the montage song that everyone like dances over. Like uh, we did pull an audible right before we went on and I pulled a song off and I switched out the eight seed. But uh, the four was the other one that I was thinking on my chopping block as well, only because it's a shorter song. To me, it is more of an homage. So sure, there's royalties involved. But to me, that scene references more of The Breakfast Club than it does that particular song. And just that that song was part of The Breakfast Club is why it's in that scene. Like if they were referencing a different movie, it would have been a different song. So I'm in the same. But I personally, I would have thrown in uh, You Get What You Give by New Radicals because anytime you're directly referencing a song or you're having a character speak about what is being played to the audience that jumps things up way higher for me where it was like I think Abed says something at the very end where he's like are you sorry enough to license me a really expensive song and then you start to hear the beginning of New Radicals and it's like that that resonates really strongly with me so if I was thinking of a snub that I would throw into this region it would be you get what you give by New Radicals. Yeah, that's definitely a good one. Out of all of the regions that I settled upon for the four regions we are going to discuss, this was the region that went the deepest. When I was originally trying to set this up and figure out in what semi-logical way can we divide the music from the show into four categories, right? I started looking at the number of different options we had by each one, and as it it played out, this was probably the one region where I think we could have done 16. If the other regions could have gone a full 16 deep, I think this region 100% could have gone 16 deep. Um, We haven't even mentioned How You Like Me Now by The Heavy. We haven't mentioned Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros, Baby Fratelli, Daylight as opposed to Daybreak, Sweet Emotion, and of course, Werewolves of London, which at the very last minute, as I was trying to prepare our clip, for the show, Dan snuck in <laughs> at the at the 13th hour. I was like, hey, can I can I swap out this number eight on here? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, dude, go go on the sheet, do it. I'm doing stuff, like whatever. <laughs> and then he was like, oh crap, I gotta clip out the audio now. <laughs> oh yeah, right. So yeah, uh, that, I think that bracket or excuse me, that region definitely went as deep, if not deeper, than any of the other three that we are going to talk about. Before I give you guys another quick chance to see if you have a a second gripe on that, I would like to step in at this point. And basically say, you know, RIP to an entire bubble region. Like I said, when we were dividing these up, trying to categorize them into fourths, it was very messy, certainly much more challenging than what we did with relationships or episodes the past two years. That being said, fifth, basically, region I think we could have filled out with eight songs was what I was calling the soundtrack region, right? Which comes with absolute all-timers, as at least it was here, Daybreak, If I Die Before You... Definitely some of the best music from the show. But when I was looking at it and trying to find a more apples-to-apples comparison amongst the four regions, 
it really kind of felt like that was the odd man out. Most of these songs are instrumental, which is nothing against them, but again, I just don't think makes for as good of conversation when you're comparing it against some of these you know, creative covers and original things that we're going to bring to the table here. But, but all of these songs are absolutely top-notch. Daybreak, most people, I don't know about most, that, that was premature. A lot of people, many people, from my perspective, would argue Daybreak as the single best thing from the show. And another thing all these songs kind of shared in that region that got cut was a lot of them appear multiple times, you know, which kind of goes with that soundtrack theme. They're kind of in the background. They don't have lyrics. It's not like a one moment thing. It's kind of more of a persistent thing. And really, with the exception of maybe one or two of these other songs that are in the four included regions, most of them really don't repeat. They are one off moments, like I said, with maybe one or two exceptions, which we're about to get to here. So, well, and before we get too far away from that, I just want to add like in, in the soundtrack region, I, I made a joke right before we started recording. Like, if we would have put that in there, I think, I don't know about the three of us, but I feel like most of the fandom in general, Daybreak runs away with whatever bracket it's in. And then if this were a true tournament and we're going through the brackets, then Lud- Ludwig Gorenson just gets the MVP because he's done so much work for the show. So I, uh, I think yes, that's... Yes, but there, there is a surprise runner-up, which we are going to get to today. And that might be the thing I'm most excited to talk about. I think I have a hunch I know who it is, uh, but let's I mean, continue. I haven't been hiding it. Uh, but before we yeah. do get off this, this particular point, I did put up a poll just saying, you know, who should win on Twitter? Who should win our royalties region? Um, and it was kind of overwhelming. I'm not going to say the answer right now, but one of the the first piece of feedback we got um, was from one of our followers, JC Stardust, who said, uh, I think he forgot Daybreak, right? And I think that's a really valid point because while I just justified axing the entire soundtrack region, which I feel like Daybreak was a part of, you can make a case that Daybreak could be included in the royalties region, right? Oh, yeah. Even though that was kind of their anti-royalty song, like it's not a creative cover. It's not an original. It is on the soundtrack, but they paid Michael Hagen. So, like, I feel like it could have fit in either region. He's also been um, very active and vocal saying about how the fandom of Community has been nothing but amazing to him. Like, he is, I've seen a couple of quotes where he's like, honestly, I'm so happy it was on the show, and I'm so happy everyone who comes up to me is like, your song's amazing, I love it so much. Like, I'm pretty sure I told this story in a previous podcast, so I'll just give you the one-line version. But yeah, essentially, I bought the sheet music to Daybreak to try to do a cover of it for a previous episode. And on his website, it's like, hey, I'm the guy you know from Daybreak. Like, that, that's mm. like he, he's really embraced it um, and owned it. And I think it's been a great thing for, for him and for the fandom and for the show. So that being said, were there any other particularly egregious snubs that you guys want to get in here before we move on to the royalties region? I think snubs, I think the only ones that I'm looking at as I'm seeing of the list that you've made, uh, I think Baby Boomer Santa is... It's so close, and once we get into the original songs region, I think that'll be an interesting conversation. I do like there's a lot of love for some worries going on, so we'll definitely get to talking to that when we get to the original songs. That, and then I do like, not necessarily a snub, but I do love that a improv joke from Jim Rash where he was singing Come On, I'm Dean while he was stapling. Like, oh, I love that that made consideration for creative covers. It just makes me so happy to think about that moment. Yeah, there are probably things that still slipped through our fingers on this list. Um, and once I figure out what they are, I'll probably never forgive myself for it. But oh, it's for fun. now, I think we, we've covered as much as we can. I would like to get into this first region, which I have dubbed the royalties region. Uh, ostensibly because, you know, these were songs that they had to pay for to use. 
uh, they're mostly played by the original artist in the original context um, or in the original recording, right? And so right away, off the bat, for the royalties region, in our first round, we have a 1-8 matchup with the number one seed, Roxanne. I really, really, really wanted to go, no, but then I wouldn't have heard the rest of the song, so. So I'm assuming that most people uh, here know what we mean when we say Roxanne, but for the first round especially, we are going to be playing clips, because some of these are more obscure, and maybe when you're listening, you might not know them by title or by episode off the top of your head. Um, So do have some small samples prepared for all the songs we are going to discuss today, but yeah, I wanted to start out with Roxanne, of course. Uh, And in the first round, it's going against... A pretty feisty competitor, actually, the the latest addition to the entire tournament here, the number eight seed. Damn, I wish I was your lover. Damn, I wish Abed was Batman. Even though we all know As I Laid Me Down is the superior song, it didn't find a home in this bracket, and this one did. So I, I knew that joke was going to come out sooner or later. I'm kicking this to Adam because you've interfered too much with this pick already. Adam, you're going first here. First round, Roxanne versus Sophie B. Hawkins. Damn, I wish I was your lover. Who advances? Better for the whoops. I mean, the first thing that I have to say is <laughs> I am hungry for pizza right now. Uh, <laughs> I can practically smell it burning in the oven. I'll, I'll echo what you said, is that I really like how they use Damn, I Wish I Was Your Lover, and poor Sophie B. Hawkins, like, having to remix the song on the fly with whatever person came up uh, with a whim, whether it was the Dean telling everyone to stop or Abed. So it's, 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 it's great. It belongs in the bracket for sure. Roxanne rolls it over no problem and I'm just for clarity on my choosing process this is relative to how the songs function in community not necessarily how I like the song independently of the episode of community it's in because I am not a fan of the police necessarily but in terms of how that has built itself into the lore of community Roxanne easy yeah, I didn't really spend too much time talking about Normally I would have asked you guys about criteria, but I was so excited to get to bubble snubs because I knew it was going <laughs> to be so overwhelming. Uh, so I do appreciate you chiming in uh, with that as well. Dan, what, what do you think here? It's early, but I want to hear your thoughts first because I have a hunch I know which way this is going to go, and I want to save my my vote for solidarity. So I would actually, we, we've done this before, but I want to hear your thoughts first, and that way I can wrap it up. Man, right out of the gate. I know. I mean, I, th- I think it's a clean sweep, uh, and I think that most of the things that I would say about Roxanne are going to be uh, superlative and probably save for matchups in later rounds. And that's a little bit why. So you vote Roxanne, and then purely for, because I was the one at the 11th hour who was like, no, this the belongs on the list. I'm going to vote for Damn, I Wish I Was Your Lover, only because... Out of all of the gas leak year, I think Halloween and then Herstory of Dance are probably the top two episodes to come out of that season. 
especially history of dance where it's like it's such an irreverent story where it's like even Pierce having a thing where like in the face of being completely wrong, Britta refused to back down and she should be rewarded for that. And Jeff's like, what? No, like it's such a great story. And that's why I was like, I wanted to talk about this one at least a little bit more. And even though my vote, like that's why I wanted you to go first, because I knew, you know, gun to my head, I'm probably going to vote for Roxanne because it's such an integral part to the story. But when you have an entire episode basically surrounding Sophie B. Hawkins, I thought that should at least be acknowledged. So my vote as academic as it may be is going to go to damn i wish i was your lover had i known i agree on that as well had i known when you asked me at the 13th hour if you could switch this in that you were going to use it to blaspheme roxanne i would have shut that shit down on the spot i'm, I'm not i am blaspheming nothing but it's there's a reason it's the number one seed like... no 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 obviously everything i do is is with the direction of providing a good discussion, right? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, But I am surprised to hear this counterpoint, uh, especially right off the bat here. I was not expecting that when you when you slid it in here on us. So, mm. okay, you have made a strong case. Sophie B would be proud of you. I would I would like to hope. I don't know her, but I'm guessing. Let's move on to our next matchup here uh, in this first round: the two versus the seven, where we've got the powerhouse "Hello" by Lionel Richie. At least you know. One word of which everyone has stuck in their head or in their brain canon of all time. Uh, going up against our number seven seed, which is Gravity by Sarah Bareilles. Uh, and before I let you guys hop in here on that, I'm going to give a, our listeners a short sample of each. Hello. Is it me you're looking for? I can see it in your eyes. I can see it in your smile. Most people, though, would know that song probably started playing in their head before I fired up the clip. Gravity, though, I think a lot of people might not know it by name, but as soon as they hear it, are going to immediately tie it into community. Something always brings me back to you It never takes too long No matter what I say or do I still feel so that obviously from paradigms of human memory most famously where we see all the different shipping scenes starting with jeff and annie and their montages of kind of you know unspoken moments which leads through to pierce and abed and other fun combinations so there we go guys the stage is set number two hello versus number seven gravity well i weaseled out of the first one so i'll i'll go headstrong into this one as far as the two of these go i hearing the story about how gravity made its way into the show from the commentary is such an interesting thing where dan Harmon literally saw someone ship jeff and annie and this song was playing over it and it was on youtube so he actually reached out and contacted the author of that youtube video and he was like this is amazing i hope you don't mind if we pay homage to it in the show and the person was like sure and then you have all the other steps you go from there so the story about using that and especially a song like Gravity where it's like clearly it's a great song. It's amazing. And then you have just the way it fits into the show and how they're saying you can you can use that song to infer a relationship with anybody and how well it even pairs with Abed and Pierce. It's so funny. And then on the other side of the coin, you have Hello by Lionel Richie, where it it's almost a perennial love song at this point where it's like 
you hear that song and it's, I, I think in the episode, it's Britta just, or no, it's mostly on Chang and then Britta comes into it later where it's just, they're trying to show everything down and slow it down and put more emphasis on everything in the emotion with Chang being a security guard and Britta slamming onto a globe with a hammer, using that to put on the back of the juxtaposition of those two feuding in this one random episode is a lot of fun. You know, strangely, I'm going to go upset. I'm going to go gravity because I think it is a more singular community song and moment. And hello, I also get when I hear that I get glimpses of 40 year old virgin where Steve Carell's turning around all of the picture frames in his room where he's about to have some we'll call it me time. So I'm going to go early and make it hard for you two. And I'm going to say gravity. Dan coming out of the gates with it with a number seven seed and a number eight seed advancing for his first two first two picks. Uh, but well, I yeah. already lost one, so I gotta I gotta throw out some cards somewhere. All right, what say you, friend Adam? Call Dickie V. We got ourselves a diaper dandy. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I don't know what that means. I'm pretty sure that means he's voting for gravity. Oh, so number two seed, Lionel Richie, just classic, fantastic song, completely recognizable by anyone, as Dan mentioned, outside of the context of community. Really terrific how it functions in the episode. And what a fun B story. Like, if we're being honest, out of all of the B stories in Community, I'm not sure how many you could say definitively rank with a better A story and a better B story than Geography of Global Conflict. Really, really solid episode. Mm -hmm. And that's in part because of how well this song functions um, with the, the Chang and the Britta. That said, man, gravity just gets me. And like the way that they use it is poking holes in, you know, that as as a trope, right? Playing mm -hmm. some some slow, sappy love song over in most other contexts. It's footage that has already actually happened and it was brand new for community here. I also love the fact that Sarah Bareilles finds her way into the show community later on. Yes, she mm -hmm. she had a, another song yeah. here that she did in person. It didn't make the cut here, uh, but from the puppet episode. Right. And I didn't like that song as much, but it was not Sarah Brailles' fault. Um, no, but it was still cool to see her come to the show in person after she had already yeah. made her mark on the show with gravity. And, and, and I think this will speak to Dan's sensibilities as well, but I just like how that messes with the universe of community. So community takes place in a universe where Sarah Bareilles has a song, but is also a hot air balloon enthusiast <laughs> by a different name. So I like, I like how that sort of sets up this impossible scenario. Like when Frankie acknowledges that, yeah. Yeah. So Paget Brewster was the IT lady and is also Frankie. So I love it for that. So gravity moves on upset alert. Yeah. I'm first of all shocked that I didn't get to vote here. Not disappointed, but surprised. Uh, I would have gone gravity. Uh, I, I oh. really, I, I, so I defend my bracket. Who seated this? I defend my bracket. <laughs> as in years past, you know, the bracket is something that while I'm making the bracket, kind of my prime directives are what's going to make for great conversation, you know, within the lines of what I want it to be. But once we get a chance to actually suss things out and it may or may not fall to me to make the final call, I really go all hard at that point. Uh, but this one, there's not even a disagreement between either parts of my brain. I thought that I was going to have to be the voice of reason defending gravity in this matchup, and I'm just so happy that I didn't have to be. So gravity moves on. Huge upset in the first round. 
Uh, let's get to the three versus six matchup, which features the number three seed, Ants Marching. In my head, I can see Duncan just cheering when he hears this intro. going up against a number six seed, which out of all of these, maybe seeing this would, would affect it more than just hearing the audio, uh, but nevertheless, the audio is amazing in, in and of itself. Watching me like you never watch, no one, don't tell me that you didn't try and check out my bum, cause I know that you did, cause your friend told me that you liked it. So that is our number six seed, Mary Happy by Kate Nash, coming in for the battle. That's from uh, season one, episode 14, Interpretive Dance, there at the very end, while Abed is kind of doing his cool dance number after Britta and Troy have kind of gone through their emotions. So, Adam, I think we're back to you to go first, right, in this three versus six matchup? Yes, that is correct. And I will start off by saying that if this were based on how much I like this song, just on its own merit, independently of community, uh, Mary Happy would run away with it, would not even be close. I am admittedly an anti-Davophile, if that's a word. Boo. It is now. <laughs> it is now. However, Mary Happy, as great as it is, it takes place at the, you know, at the end of one episode. It's a little bit limited in terms of how much you get to enjoy it, because it's just in the one episode. And Ants Marching, on the other hand, as it's been annotated here on our sheet, appears in at least three episodes. So for me, and the fact that it ties into the lore of the Ass Crack Bandit, and it's just, it's a little bit more integral to me. And for that reason, I think that the ants go marching to the second round. <laughs> in Into the second round, right? You're advancing. Hurrah. Okay. Hurrah. All right, Dan, what do you think? Well, forgive me for having a heart connected to two ears and being <laughs> alive in the 90s. I'm I'm very much Adam and I are in lockstep in this one where it's like Mary Happy like even even as we were looking at the sheet I'm like I don't know exactly what that's from and then you're right as soon as I hear that piano part come in like no I know exactly what it's from it's a perfect button for Abed to just show that he's naturally talented at everything but the the Dave of it all you really can't I remember when Dave Matthews band came out and it was like you couldn't go anywhere or listen to anything without hearing Dave Matthews band. And it was, I think it was the perfect amount of time had gone by for it to be paid homage to in the episode. And the fact that, like Adam was saying, there's a great runner in multiple episodes. You even get Hickey like yelling at Starburns doing for it when he's gonna punch him because he puts the song on at a premature celebration. Like there's everything about Ants Marching ties so seamlessly into community that my vote goes there too. It's, it's through already to round two. And yeah. I do, real quickly, sorry, I forgot one thing, um, in defense of Kate Nash, I love that, you know, going back on it, outside of the world of community, that Allison Bree was on Glow with Kate Nash. So that was really cool, because Kate Nash was primarily a musician first, before moving into acting. So the fact that that small little circle looped itself, looped back on itself, um, I, I really enjoyed that too. But Tell, not uh... enough... Adam, tell me in the audience who Kate Nash played, because I don't know. Top of my head. Uh, Britannica was the name oh, of the wrestler. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Okay, now I know exactly who that was. 
Yeah. And even I'm guessing Dave hasn't seen Glow, but the fact that I said Britannica, I think he can pretty much oh, it's, you know, it, it fill in the blanks. I mean, it, yeah. it's, it's funny just in and of itself without context. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm with you guys. Uh, I'm certainly of the age where I think I've experienced the the highs and the lows of Dave Matthews. There have been times where he's been everywhere. That's been a good thing, and times where he's been everywhere, and that's been a really bad thing from a saturation standpoint. But I think I have enough space with Dave to thoroughly enjoy his usage of this show. I actually didn't kind of remember off the top of my head that it was this ongoing thing. I kind of just thought that was my head cannon. But then when I was trying to add all of the episodes to the spreadsheet for the songs we were going to be talking about that's when i realized like what what episode is this in and i'm getting all these other results and i'm like oh i guess some of these are wrong but i went back and watched them it's like no it's in all three of these episodes and kind of ends up in a weird way being the the tie that binds season five together almost from like a bookend standpoint well, yeah, because it's they play that song, and I and Jeff even goes, "Yeah, well, we call that a Wednesday," and then it goes into ants marching like it's their celebration. They kind of go through all the cycles and emotions with that song throughout the season, but I think that advances easily here. Yeah, Mary Happy is one of those where I think Dan, you said it best. I didn't know it off the top of my head, but as soon as that, you know, you heard the first two piano chords, you're like, "Oh no, I know exactly," and you probably were picturing Ahmed dancing and mm-hmm. all that good stuff. So that brings us up to the final first-round matchup here in the Royalties region, uh, which theoretically should be the closest. And we've got the number four seed, which is We Are Not Alone uh, by Carla DeVito from The Breakfast Club. And let's see if you guys recognize uh, this montage. Going up against a, a pretty pretty heavyweight number five here. It's hard to mess with ABBA, but um, it's going up against Dancing Queen. there wasn't going to be time in the podcast to work in the dean's personal voice memos so that's all we're going to get of of that but that being said dan uh kick us off here who do you have dancing queen or we are not alone holy crap leonard's a zombie (laughs) so we talked about this a little bit before we went on air between we are not alone but we weren't talking about obviously them against each other we are not alone to me is very intrinsically tied to the breakfast club and then because it was tied to the breakfast club that's how it got tied to community and it's, it's funny because the exact same thing happens with ABBA, except it's in the beginning of the episode, but it's so, for, for my money, especially about the show, that's such a choice. And again, listening to the commentary and what they're talking about with it, Dan Harmon's like, the one that we wanted, the one that's most expensive to clear was all of these ABBA songs. And he's like, I, I think they said they didn't even have it the right secured until like the morning of or the night before the episode was going to air. And if anyone's who's listened to the show for a long period of time or my other co- coverage of community on Ramble on, there's no secret that epidemiology is one of my favorite episodes ever. And a huge part of that is because of the ABBA soundtrack where you have something so joyful and so delightful just over some of the like most graphic visuals and lighting that you'll see on a television sitcom. 
And no offense to We Are Not Alone, but it's you're looking at an homage of a montage from the 80s, which is they're all great and well executed. But like you you just you can throw a dart at all the ABBA songs that you use. You can use Dancing Queen. You could have used Fernando for the climax of the episode. Like there's so many good ABBA songs throughout that episode. It's to me, it's almost like that's it's slightly unfair that it was seated at five because you could you could use many ABBA songs here. Dancing Queen's just probably one of the most popular. But for me, it's it's Dancing Queen, not even in an upset. It was like, like ABBA's like, what are we doing being seated five? Yeah, to your last point, my hardest, my biggest struggle with this was which ABBA song to use from that episode because mm-hmm. Fernanda was my second choice, but I think there are a couple other ones you could make a case for that actually play a little longer. But I decided ultimately not in scenes that were as poignant. And But then ultimately I ran a Twitter poll and our listeners said, you know what, let's go Dancing Queen. And I felt absolutely fine about putting Dancing Queen in here. Um, oh, yeah. Adam, where do you weigh in on this four versus five? So I am going to disagree with Dan. <gasps> in so far. I'll allow it. <laughs> in so Audible far guess. that... Dancing Queen absolutely had to be the pick from App. Mm. I I agree that it knocks off We Are Not Alone, based on what I said at the outset of the show. No surprise there. This is the single song that I researched the most leading up to this podcast. <laughs> I rewatched the entire episode and took notes about what song was playing when. And they're all great. It's all completely set up. You know... You could have the idea, oh, great, we want to play ABBA to this Halloween zombie apocalypse. Like, that's funny on its own. But then figuring out, okay, how does how does that realistically happen? Why would that be the case? And having the Dean's playlist, like, makes perfect sense. So structurally, it's sound. And just the action that's happening during Dancing Queen and it's it's the farthest dissonance between what you would think of the song independently of community and just being like this joyful, upbeat, fun song actually shown on screen is second to none. So uh, I'll agree with Stan while slightly disagreeing. But overall, point stands, Dancing Queen is going to continue to go dancing. Yeah, definitely moves on to the next round here. And instead of starting at the top, let's just go ahead and get into Dancing Queen's second round matchup here, where it's going to be going up against Ants Marching, another winner from round one. Now, now, see, now we're really getting into it. All these first round uh, ones that were supposed to be layups should be past us at this point. So where do you guys weigh in on Dave versus Abba here? So I am just going to point out real quickly, my screen is formatted in a way that I don't see the whole bracket unfolding before me, and I can't, like take a peek at second and third rounds. So that was a real time response to me. Ants marching versus <laughs> dancing queen. Holy moly. Don't worry. I'll keep you on track. My response was similar. It was just internal. I think it was more of a facial expression and like woof. Yeah. Yeah. I know that's definitely, Oh man, that's brutal. I think based on how I've just glowed about dancing queen, that it would move on for me. In defense of Ants Marching, though, again, I'm not someone who likes Dave Matthews' band. Just the fact that they have Starburns who they hee-haw, hee-haw, hee-haw. Like, it's funny every single time. And it's not a little funny. It's really funny every single time. So I I love it for that. Oh, man. It's it's almost a coin flip for me because they're both just terrific and so well done. I think... I would say 
Dancing Queen. I'll stick with that. But whichever one advances, I'm not gonna have a not gonna have an argument from me. This is I, I like thinking about because I know I can I can deduce what the next matchup is gonna be. And just thinking about these two versus each other, this is gonna be a very interesting conundrum because while th- these are two songs that are surprisingly used in the same way, there's more on the entire discography from ABBA. You get a lot more ABBA songs and it's only in one episode in epidemiology, but you do get a lot of Dave discussion, a lot of Dave references. And like you brought up, Dave, the characters talk about it and it becomes a through line of all of season five. So with all of that being said and how they're close to being equal as far as use and execution in the show I would default to which I think was used better in the show and it's a little unfair that Dave Matthews man got more involvement in multiple episodes and over in a whole season but for me I I'm I'm going ABBA again I just the way it's used in epidemiology wow. it's so I'm, really? I'm I'm having it go through just just take the Dave right out of my lap here. <laughs> I'm surprised. All right, here we go. I, I'm considering this I'm considering this an upset. Not a major upset, but but an upset. Were you voting Dave Dave? Well, I thought at the very least I would have to vote in this matchup. I certainly didn't think that it was going to be a situation where I, I didn't have to cast the deciding vote here. Uh, Two out of three podcasters agree. <laughs> <laughs> Two out of three apartment three or three hosts agree. Um, I think I would disagree. I think I would have probably advanced Ants Marching. I don't think I'm just saying that to be contrarian, but it didn't come to that. For me, you know, it was kind of like, who do I want to lose to Roxanne? So let's get to the one versus seven. Uh, We've got Roxanne going up against Gravity now. The winner will face Dancing Queen to be crowned the champion of the royalties region. Who you guys got, Roxanne or Gravity? Oh, I think it's my turn to go this time. With all of that high praise that we gave for Gravity and how it was able to come back and upset a, I don't even, I, I'm sure a number one chart topping song in the 80s for Hello by Lionel Richie, I don't think it has the legs to get by Roxanne and the police in what what is pretty widely regarded as the best episode of the show. Like Roxanne, you don't get six or I think six or seven different beats where they're doing a fantastic job of not only having Roxanne the song be played out in the background but it means it almost means something different in every different timeline which is so impressive that you're able to take one piece of music and have one or two characters interact and or say something over the top or bottom and it changes how the timeline goes changes how the story goes changes how the characters react so gravity you played very well your upset was tremendous but yeah like Dave inferred earlier going down to Roxanne. What say you, Adam? Uh, you know, there was a time I was on a airport bathroom there was some going down. Hey! What? Hey, it came oh. up organically. What? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so to that end, after I've channeled my inner Pearson old Anastasia Hawthorne, so yeah, I would be hard-pressed to vote against Roxanne. And, you know, one of the things that, for me, kind of makes it in this particular matchup is that when gravity starts playing, you know what's happening and it's funny, it's clever, it's great. And then they flip it, you know, with the setup between Abed and Pierce, but Roxanne is so benign that first time you hear it in community in, you know, remedial chaos theory, it doesn't really mean anything, but to your point, then it takes on a new meaning every time you hear it. So when you rewatch the episode later on, 
it or if you hear it on the radio independently of community it just it just hits differently and for that reason i'll, I'll advance roxanne yeah i don't i don't really think i need to chime in here with much i, I love the way they use gravity in the show but it it's no roxanne so that leaves us with the champion of this royalties region coming down to either roxanne the number one seed or dancing queen the number five seed so I guess I'm first on this one. By my count, yeah. So I, I'm happy I'm not going first. This oh come time. on! Very happy. <laughs> I will. I'll give you. I'll let me. Let me. Um, I'll vamp for a little bit so you can think about this. I will say before we crown the winner of the royalties region, one thing that should at least be mentioned, and I, I don't know, we didn't discuss this, but I think it's worth noting, is that there is never a song that plays from this artist but i feel like the royalties region you could have even put in just the scene dealing with bare naked ladies i think that scene itself should qualify because it's such a good scene yeah it's fundamental at first i wanted to do a spiritual region songs that felt like they were the show but really weren't other competitors in that region would have been come sail away by sticks doesn't play in the show <laughs> but i feel like it does don't you guys feel it like does. that song's a part of the show well, as i lay me down by Sophie b hawkins the real yeah, rainbow get, theme the, it just it wasn't <laughs> quite as much as we came up with for the other regions uh but yeah no that's a good one and harkens back to uh we almost bubble snubbed that bubble snub had you not remembered yep. that yep all right adam you're out of time buddy who's yeah gonna be? No, thanks thanks for uh <laughs> filibustering there for me you're welcome and as anticlimactic as this is going to be based on all the good discussion that we've had but i'm going to pick roxanne and all of this great analysis that we've done has been thorough and wonderful i don't have a good reason but i'm gonna pick roxanne we gave dancing queen its flowers but i think it stops here you know i i when we did our you guys a couple years ago you guys broke down all your brackets of all of the best episodes for what do you community. mean you people you people the other before in the before times Us human beings yeah, the human beings. <laughs> the human beings in the before time that weren't me because I was not a host on this show yet. However, when we did our own breakdown and it was me and Clever Eric and Writer Cuddler Extraordinaire, Nate Zobel, and we did our breakdown of the top, I think we did top 64 of the entire show. It came down to these two episodes of Remedial Chaos Theory and Epidemiology. And we were both kind of, all three of us were shocked about how far epidemiology just kept going. Yeah. And it happened to be on the other side of Remedial Chaos Theory. And the more we talked about it, we're, the more we're like, this episode is about as flawless as you can be of an execution. And also because we haven't had as much discussion, you, you kind of were like shrugging. This is like a 51-49 coin flip. I'm going to go with Dancing Queen because I want to hear Dave take all of this on his shoulders and I want nice. him to be the person who makes this decision. I feel like later on in these other regions, you're going to wish that you had saved some of these moments. <laughs> like, you know, just throwing it out there so we, like, cross it off a list. I feel it feels a bit premature to me. No, but, it's uh, and, but no, I will. I, I can back it up a little bit more, too, because I do like I like how I was praising the police and Roxanne beating gravity and Sarah Borales, like same kind of thing with epidemiology. If you pull ABBA like that, the episode is entirely different and it's not nearly as impactful. And to me, it's like I said, 5149 and I can, no, no, I can I'll, I'll play your game. ABBA. I mean, obviously you were paying attention <laughs> last round where I said I would have admired 
I would have had marched. <laughs> mm. I would have advanced ants marching. I would not have. Remember, I was the dissenting unnecessary vote against Dancing Queen uh, in the farmer round. So, yeah, I mean, obviously it's Roxanne, you fool. Don't be ridiculous <laughs> if you're coming to me with uh, no, I do. I, I love all these. Obviously, these are all some of the greatest moments of the show. But I think Roxanne and Dancing Queen are are on a completely different level. Uh, for mm-hmm. me, it's not uh, really a matter of splitting hairs. So I think we can all safely say at this point that Roxanne will be representing the royalties region uh, in this year's Fearsome Foursome. Now that we have officially advanced Roxanne into this year's Fearsome Foursome, let's tackle the original Raps region. As I said when I was breaking these down, you know, the challenge was really finding four, four distinctly different brackets. And while there is an artist that appears many times in this bracket, I think we'll get to hash out that it's kind of with different characters. But I definitely felt like this this had more weight, at least more comparative value than, like we had mentioned earlier, some of the stuff in the soundtrack region. So right off the bat, I don't know, I mean, I don't see how you could start at any other place than with the one seed, which is, of course, the all-timer known as the 101 rap. Donde esta la biblioteca, me llamo T-Bone, la araña discoteca. Discoteca, muneca, la biblioteca, es el bigote grande, pero manteca. Manteca, bigote, gigante, pequeño, cabeza es nieve, cerveza es bueno. Buenos días, me gustas papas frías, bigote de la cabra, es camarón días. Yeah, boy, boy. So no joke, I thought you were beatboxing to start that off. Like, the transition was so smooth. There's, I was like, oh my definitely, gosh. definitely, um, I haven't told Dan yet, but pretty soon he and I are going to actually have to record um, our version of this. Um, something I've got in the works here. But uh, <laughs> quit reading ahead for just a minute because we've already got our hands full with today's task, which features that, I think a song that even people who are casual watchers or maybe even people that haven't really seen much of the show but just like kind of know its memes and its internet presence probably know the 101 round. Going up against it in the first round is... One that Adam put on the list that actually I, I was not aware of. It's my understanding that this was on the season three like bonus DVD. Adam, is that is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. It was a, okay. it was an outtake. It's an outtake. Uh, it's called "I Would Die by a Werewolf," and it's kind of just the gang clowning. But uh, it is it is our number eight seed going up against the one hundred and one rap here in the first round. I'm gonna die by a werewolf. 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 I don't even care, wolf. If you had to share a wolf, then you better scare a wolf. That's right, dark bark. Go and run away. I don't have a day to spend on you, wolf, cause I need a shoe, wolf, for my feet. Cause I'm barefoot, y'all, and I'm too deep in the quicksand, y'all. <laughs> so yeah, they're obviously just all having a good... I love Shirley with the backup vocals. Yep. You can hear some Ahmed in there, too. So I think, Adam, you, you went first of the last bracket, right? So, Dan, uh, what, what do you think here in this first-round matchup? What, what do you think? I'm a Die by a Werewolf or, or 101 Rap? It's it's kind of funny that... And I, I, I'm kind of surprised, actually, Dave, that you've never heard of the I'm a Die by Werewolf just because as soon as I read it, I knew exactly what it was like that was unlike some of the other things on these lists where it's like, oh, I, I might need to watch it again or I might need the audio cue. This was like, oh, no, I know exactly what that is. And 
I think this particular trait, it was it started off as a joke. I think in season one or two, the outtakes where Troy's like, or not Troy, but Donald's like, you can't just say words to a rhythm that's not rapping. And then it kind of went on where they would like egg on Allison Brie and be like, no, you should rap about that. And then like there's outtakes of her rapping. There's outtakes of Donald making fun of her rapping. And then it's it's to the point where I didn't watch this video, but one popped up on my YouTube feed where like Allison Brie was freestyle rapping, I think on Jimmy Fallon, like a week or two ago promoting her new movie. And so it's that's a kind of odd that this probably all came from one of these outtakes. And it is like I'm a die by werewolf like and it was a joke that came originally from a line that Shirley said during the I think it's the the debate episode is a a prophet in which yeah it's the debate episode yeah I'm a a werewolf and like that's where the joke came from and that's where the rap came from but I don't need to say anything about the 101 Spanish 101 rap that's it's it's still unbelievable and it 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 this, there's a reason that was an outtake, and this was one of the most, most well-known tags of the entire show. So, yeah, it's the 101 rap. Easy. It is the 101 rap. There's mm-hmm. not much debate about it. It was nice to see uh, Allison Brie getting some recognition here on the bracket. And there, there's something to be said with that, too. You know, Dan, you put your thumb on the scale to get some season four representation in the royalties region, and I don't regret doing the same thing here in the original raps region, even though 101 rap is clearly, it's the best. Mm-hmm. There's nothing, no, no other way really to put it. El mejor. I, is that what yeah, you're I looking wanna, for? I didn't want to get that wrong. I have a 200 day Spanish I could tell. I could tell you wanted to go for it. <laughs> I, yep. I, but that's okay. I know you are one of the few people who actually has a physical copy of Dos Mundos. So I do. You are not high up on my, my Spanish worry list. Now some worries, bro. <laughs> Alright, so let's get into this next matchup here where we're going to have our number two seed, the Payday Wrap. Well, I'm a peanut bar, and I'm here to say your checks will arrive on another day. Another day, another dime, another rhyme, another dollar. Another stuffed shirt with another white collar. Criminals, Wall Street, taking the pie, and all the black man gets is a plate of white lies. Prisons recruiting them, police be shooting them, rap artists looting them, labels all diluting them. Barack Obama, he's scared of me, because I don't swallow knowledge and I spit it for free. Let me clear my throat. <laughs> I don't know what that was, I don't. <laughs> Uh, trying, just trying so hard not to laugh during that. Uh, another another one that's from the later years, uh, from the later seasons of the show. So in the first round, that payday rap is going up against High as Hell, uh, which is actually used from season six, uh, episode one, Ladders. I'm as high as hell, and you're about to get shot. I'm as high as hell, and you're about to get shot. I'm as high as hell, and you're about to get shot. The police and the government touch my cock. I'm as high as hell, and you're about to get shot. I'm as high as hell, and you're about to get shot. I'm as high as hell, and you're about to get shot. The police and the government touch my cock. Shot. 
So for some reason, I had it in my head that that had been like a recurring song throughout the show. Apparently, it's just in that episode. So no, so that was false. no, it false. Okay, I it also false. agree. Okay, yeah, challenge. Thank God. So I thought I was just that's, drinking the crazy. No, that's there. that's a perfect springboard for my for my comment here. <laughs> Fair enough. Take it away. Because I was going to start by saying, well, actually, pushing up my glasses up my nose, but I am. So this is in the first scene of the pilot. And it's this song that comes on when Dean Pelton is trying to get the the microphone to work when he's giving his speech about how oh, that's amazing. That's what they you've heard. Full circle. However, it, I wish you luck. Right. It is also so, it is also in the show. It ends. I know at least one, maybe both of Leonard's food reviews. Nice. Because that's it's there's like a very quick the I'm as high as hell and I'm, like that oh, ends both yeah. of it and then there's that I one feel disclaimer so much better I feel yeah it so does pop up now. numerous times although I feel like the, the one downside is I do feel now like I, I may have potentially underseated it it is going up against a serious juggernaut here <laughs> a in the Titan, first round yes. unfortunately so what do you guys think payday rap or high as hell. So, Dan, you went first on the last one. I'll take this one, I guess. Mm -hmm. I am going to go. I am high as hell. Uh, is what I guess I'm trying <laughs> oh, no, to say. No, no, don't get shot. <laughs> oh, okay. So it's, it's okay. It's legal here in Arizona. So I, I am going to pick that one. The payday rap for me, I've never enjoyed it as much as everyone else seems <gasps> to. And I think it was probably because I was a bit jaded. After Donald left uh, in season five, so I was still being grumpy. So I, mm. I, I haven't, I haven't evaluated, evaluated it, valued. I haven't valued it properly. But that said, high as hell in that beginning scene. If that was the only time it appeared, I would still probably place it over the payday rap. And the thing that you know closes the gap for me was the the table read with Pedro Pascal and like. To hear Donald talk through his perspective on that rap just made it so much better for me. And that, I think that was not on the actual table read. That was, you know, in the discussion afterward. But uh, anyway, for me, uh, high as hell moves on. Uh, that sounds like a massive upset. I do like that we all kind of know High as Hell has popped up a bunch of times. I do like that we're, I, I don't think we've said the artist name yet, Jacques Slade. Um, Very well done. Very well done. We're going to be saying it a bunch over these next couple of beginning rounds, but I... And as much as I like High as Hell, and it's used a lot very well throughout the show, like that payday rap to me is just... It is an all-timer from him coming... Because you... It's like one of the things the show does so well is subverting expectations. And you think like, oh, here comes the Dean in a goofy outfit. This is going to be another intro. And then like even sitting here, just listening to the audio and the whole performance is so good. The escalation and the work that Jim Rash is doing, literally, he levels up the rap as it comes out of his mouth to a point where the performance, both audio, both visual, how it's explored by everyone in the scene where you see like Jeff and Britta reacting to it as well. There's no part of the payday rap that I am not wildly impressed by. And the fact that like he still keeps it all in character and I'm laughing every time where he goes, I don't know what that was. I don't know. it, And he runs away because he's scared just because he's, he has no idea what organically just came out of him. Throwback to earlier. So yeah, for me, it's payday rap. So before I cast this final ballot, I'm glad, glad you brought up Mr. Slade, because in researching these, uh, he is the 
basically the driving force between half the songs in the original Raps region. Since his community days, he's actually become a sneaker influencer, I guess is the term, a oh. uh, popular internet presence, and he goes by the, the title Cousteau, which is a phonetic spelling of Jacques Cousteau, right? Uh, so if it's easier for you guys, you can refer to him in that way going forward. Uh, but he also does appear in person in the show in one episode, uh, and that is a song we're going to talk about here in a second, um, but I want to go ahead and mention it while we're talking about him. At the end of Home Economics, he is the person rapping along with Pierce uh, to the Stupid Vaughn song, right? That That's him in person. Mm. Um, and he is behind I Never Die by Chang, uh, Nightcaps, High as Hell, and, and the Pierce rap, um, as well as a, as a promo rap that didn't make it into the final eight. So now that we've we, we found our moment to get him out on the table... I'm going to ride with him. I'm going to ride with Adam. I'm going to ride with the upset. Oh, I didn't see this coming. I'm uh, so hurt. The, the payday rap is at all time a peak for sure, it, but it, I feel like it it gets its due. And, you can't and hear it, but you guys I'm, confirmed that I'm stomping my, my feet over was here. right <laughs> about, uh, about um, High as Hell appearing multiple times during the show. That really, really sealed the deal for me. So, and I think the biggest upset yet. We're gonna we're gonna go high as hell into the second round. One hundred percent. In my, I was literally preparing <laughs> myself for a payday rap one on one showdown in the final. I am beside myself right I'll now. I'll try to keep you on track. Um, <laughs> let's let's get let's get to our next Good luck. First round matchup here. Um, let's I the, quit. Just let's do the three and the six. Let's uh, let's relax a little bit with a nice uh, happy Christmas tune. Coming in at number three here. That this is Christmas infiltration. What if you were a Jehovah's Witness that was merely pretending to be into Christmas, gathering clues and blending in to take down the holidays from within? You mean like a spy investigating, making it seem like I'm celebrating when actually I'm infiltrating Santa's operation? Yoip, going deep, cover past enemy lines, making everybody think I'm on the Christmas side, rocking warm sweaters, hanging big ass lights. If the fat man can see me, yo, it's gotta look right. I watch all the TV specials that I. Know. Never could. I'll even cry during the sad ones like James Bond would. And when the big night comes, it's time to set the bait. Cold milk, hot cookies, decorative plates. And he'll come down the chimney and it will be just him and me. But he won't know we're enemies because that place sincere. Bring a trap like that. How comes I get on his lap and tell him he can come back every year? Because I am Jehovah's most secret witness. So I might have to dedicate my life to Christmas and act just like I love it till the day I die. A-B-E-D. I feel so terrible for cutting off Ahmed as he's coming in to do his verse. But guys, you have to understand, trying to cut down a sample of that was oh, almost sure. impossible. But yeah. let's let's not Yoip. let's not read ahead. Let's yeah, talk yeah, about same. its first Yoip. its first round opponent first before we get there. Which coming in at number six, we've got another Kusto song here. This is Nightcaps. Keeps my duvet is thick, my box spring is deep. I rotate my mattress like every week. I like to wear nightcaps when I go to sleep. Yeah, all my boys and all my peeps. Yeah, all my boys and all my peeps. Yeah, all my boys and all my peeps. Like to wear nightcaps when they go to sleep. Yeah. Oh my god. All right, Adam. <laughs> I think it's on you to go here first. Are, are no, I think it's on me this time. Is it? Okay. Well, um, I have. If not, roll I've, with it. <laughs> I have never ever heard that song by itself i've only ever heard (laughs) it in the context context. of the show (laughs) and oh man when it just keeps going and it's like i like there's there's two like every week that that you didn't hear okay i want you to know this is like a three they did a three minute like full studio version of this oh my god i'm so happy because the only it was another thing i learned from 
as Dan Harmon talks about in the commentary, another thing I learned from that where he talks about how that those were the lines like all my boys and all my peeps like to wear nightcaps as they go to sleep. Like it's like I've never heard a more it's gangster so rap with Troy in that episode though, where he's yeah. like trying to be an effeminate dancer behind behind the scenes and, and not be caught with his, you know. And then it's also it's also in the episode in the end of season one with Abed's kegger because it's playing yep. when Jeff is backing up at the kegger and you can hear those lines very distinctively being rapped. So another one of these that I'm sure they just had, they own, they made it, they own the rights to, so they used it again and again and again. So yeah, that it just, it makes me happy to hear that. It makes me happy to know that they have such a hardcore gangster sounding song that's about wearing nightcaps when you go to sleep. But all that being said, I have to, my vote's going to go to Christmas Infiltration because it's, I've even seen this credited, I know Dan wrote it, but I've seen it credited on mine before as like community featuring Childish Cambino. And it's like so fun that they're actually, we're incorporating so much of Donald Glover's skill set very early on, seeing the mega talent we all know that he is today, and then executing it flawlessly in regional holiday music, which I do have a soft spot for that particular episode too. So I go Christmas Infiltration. Nightcaps is everything I love about community. It's <laughs> it's posture. It's it's exactly what Dan said. It is the serious performance of something absolutely silly. And whether it's community or anything, that is always going to be funny for me. But Christmas infiltration just has a little bit more lasting power for me. It's it's the winner. Christmas infiltration moves on. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. I think you guys made a pretty good case for nightcaps. Dan, I'm glad you got to hear a fuller version than you're used to. And I think we can I think we could hold on to my potential feedback because that, that one is moving on, Christmas infiltration, into the next round. But before we get into the next round, we need to finish off the first matchup of this first round, which pits our four versus our five, um, which are two more Kusto songs. We're going to start with the number four, which is a song I would, I would guess most people associate with Chang. Another one. There, there are some verses here, but uh, that's really the gist of it. It's going up against the number five in this first round, which is called the Pierce Rap. This is the one where he appears in the show, um, and Pierce is actually playing, well, acting like he's playing the synthesizer next to him at Vaughn. East side, west side, north side, south. Vaughn's breath is so bad his butt's mad at his mouth. This rap is by Pierce. Vaughn is dumb. He wears diapers to bed and sucks his mother's thumb. And when he wakes up stupid wishing he was me, he has a big poop breakfast with a glass of pee. Then he goes to school where he's stupid again. And everybody hates him, even all his friends. When you come after Pierce, then the battle is on. So this rap goes out to stupid Vaughn. Uh-huh. Well played, Pierce. This isn't over. <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't cut that. I couldn't. I tried so many times to cut Vaughn out at the end, but I just it didn't seem right spiritually. <laughs> so, what do you guys think, Pierce? Rap or I Never Die moves on to the next round. So I love this matchup because to me it means that uh, that there's somebody close to Greendale who is available to do raps for hire. Um, because they're both very specific to, to what's needed by Chang uh, in I Never Die in the Pierce rap, you know, in the case of the diss track to, to Vaughn. But at any rate, I pick 
the Pierce wrap. And I do that for a couple of reasons. Number one is that it's, it's probably the first example of the writing team writing a song where you can hear the voice of the person who's actually writing it. Like, there's no doubt that if Pierce were making a rap, it would sound like that. And, you know, later on they do it when one character is retelling. I'm thinking of uh, the Halloween episode where characters are speaking, but it's Shirley's story. So they're speaking like Shirley does. And this is a really early example of that. And I love it for that. I also love the rivalry between Vaughn and Pierce more than I like the rivalry between Senior Chang and being alive. So uh, it's Pierce rap for me. I'm more or less in pretty much all agreement with what you said. And it's because I never die is it's very much Chang. Chang is just chaotic and he's whatever they need that character to be at any given point in time. And that song is pretty much him. But I am also in agreement where I think the Pierce rap is not only that, but you get some good acting from Cousteau right here where it's like he's into it. He's in the moment like, yeah, and he just drops it. And it's like perfect where he's like, and stupid Vaughn. It's very well done. Like, it fits the tag. It fits the episode. Like, it's, yeah, the Pierce rap actually, like, I like that they threw him into the show, too. That's super cool that he got to come on and actually perform his song. So, and what you said about Pierce's character shining through those words is accurate as well. I go Pierce he's, rap. He's credited in that episode as MC Dan Harmon. <laughs> <laughs> of course because, he is. Of course he is. <laughs> All right. So you guys have whittled yourself quite the uh, showdown here for the original raps region we've got the pierce rap going up against christmas infiltration who's gonna win this one so i think it's i might as well continue since i think it starts with me this time with all that being said about since these are pretty fresh in our minds i think i go back to christmas infiltration just because it is when you're talking about the invasion of the body snatchers type of glee episode that they're executing, that's when you get Abed recruiting Troy, who was obviously the first person he was going to go after. It's a big number where it's literally shot like a rap music video. And uh, I found somebody who ripped all the audio and I had just the MP3s of the songs from this episode on my iPod and then my phone once my iPod died. And I had those for years and Christmas infiltration was always one of my favorite ones to listen to. So it's, as much as I was singing the praises of Cousteau for his acting performance and all his raps, I still have to default to Christmas Infiltration. It would be hard not to, you know, and as you were right before you began your analysis there, Dan, I was thinking the word production came to mind. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that that's necessarily fair. If we're talking about songs, if we do we include, you know, the visuals and everything that go with it, because you get the just phenomenal set design for Christmas infiltration and the backup dancers. And even this year or this past Christmas season, I noticed that you actually see Annie poke her head through the back of that set when she says guys or something along those lines. And then they, they, you know, go to the, the current setting in the, the blanket, not blanket fort, but the Troy and Abed's room made of blankets. So there's just, it's so detailed it's so wonderful. It's so immersive that, that I think it gets the nod too. Even if it's not fair, that's okay. Um, we make the rules here. We do. And that is going to move on. <clears throat> I was a little bit ahead of myself there. We still do need to reconcile high as hell versus the 101 rap to see to see who will ultimately show down against Christmas infiltration here. Well, I think I, I continue 
speaking here in for all <laughs> I was gonna say for all my boys and all my peeps. Um, <laughs> nice. It's not what I meant. It's a different um, Throwback. It it, as much as I do like High as Hell, as much as it's integral to the first scene of the first episode of the show, as great as it is, as well executed as that is, it's not as integral as the 101 rap. I mean, there, to your point, Dave, earlier, there are people who don't except for the 101 rap. And that's very, very well deserved. I am in agreement with Adam. It is just the high as hell is nice. The many times it pops up throughout the show is really nice. It is in and it's one of those things where it's like kind of like we talk, we briefly talked about the soundtrack region earlier on uh, that you can you can pick it up like it's almost it almost qualifies there as well because it almost transcends the raps region because it's like, oh, I, I hear it here. I hear it there. But that 101 rap, I think high as hell is a very much like it's a nice little side dish. This is like having a biscuit with a, a full blown meal. But that 101 rap, <laughs> it's it's like that's a small appetizer of the amused bouche of things to come where it's like, I want more of this. Like this is this is where the show could go. Like, I think even if you watch those first two episodes and, and we've talked about this before, like. Season one, they're still finding their footing. They're still trying to figure out where they're going. And then you see that tag for the 101 rap, and you're like, okay, this is something I've never seen before. And like how the beast just grew from there. So yeah, it's 101 rap for me. Actually, no, I take my vote back. I vote for payday rap. Can I do that? No, no, no. Damn it. It's too late. Damn Here it. it's bite. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's 101 rap. You know, you guys have, have heaped plenty of praise on it i'm not going to dogpile there but as as we say goodbye to the run for high as hell can we just take a moment and and look back at what has so far and i'm guessing might be end up being the single biggest upset in this year's bracket which was high as hell over payday rap in the first I'm, round i'm gonna lose sleep i'm gonna lose sleep over that <laughs> and i'm gonna catch flag for your night but uh, you know <laughs> oh no <laughs> after i've rotated my bed yeah Okay, so what a wood rap or Christmas infiltration? What's the best original rap from the show? I think these are two excellent, excellent. Like you can show these in a vacuum to somebody, and they can both be like, "These are," and they they'd probably look at you and they'd be like, "What the hell kind of show is this?" And then in the same breath, they're both amazing for different reasons. The fact that you're getting something so advanced as the 101 rap in the second episode of the entire run of the series. And then over 50, I think my math is right, over 50 episodes later, you get the Christmas infiltration where it's like, no, we are we are off and running and we are on mile 13 of this marathon where we're just going down and hauling ass. I think I'm going to default to the origin because I don't think we get I don't think we get anything else on this list outside of the Cousteau stuff where high as hell was already made. But I don't think we get a lot of this without the 101 rap. And I don't think you get that hook of like, again, I, I reference the commentaries a lot, but that's where I've learned a lot about the behind the scenes. Dan Harmon like saying that he was texting a friend of his who was fluent in Spanish. Okay, like what rhymes with this word at like four in the morning? What rhymes with this word? And you know, they always get scripts late. So they're just... They kind of cobbled it all together, but it doesn't feel forced. It feels so organic. And like, it's like I said, this is the sign of what was to come. So I go one on one rap. You know, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, Dave and Dan, but I, I believe that the first season, they didn't do any of the tags when they were shooting the episodes. 
because they didn't know if they were going to get picked up and they weren't sure how that all worked or maybe it was halfway through and this was just a, a post hoc like oh crap we have to get something done for this so there was you know the extra haste of having to do that and i think it just kind of stemmed from donald and danny goofing off and beatboxing and just taking that inspiration and then just absolutely nailing it so then on the complete opposite end of the spectrum you have this choreographed orchestrated well-oiled machine three years in and they're just polar opposites they're different they're great for different reasons like you said dan i didn't think i was going to feel this way until just now i'm actually going to go with the with the infiltration and again there's no wrong answer to this one as far as i'm concerned well that might be true i do think there's a slightly uh, writer answer which is the 101 rap um i think these two are in a class of their own for the most part and in terms of like actual displays of technical proficiency christmas infiltration is a much better display of talent but 101 is so integral to the show you know, like Dan brought up again, you know, people who don't even watch the show, that's something they're familiar with. It also led to kind of spinoffs of that, which we're going to talk about here in the Creative Covers region. So all, all due praise to Christmas Infiltration. Uh, maybe should have had it seated at two instead of three, but I do think it ultimately goes down to 101 Rap, which at this point will be advancing 